So we're in this series called Talk to Me, and we've said that it's God's invitation to pray. And I don't know about you, but and I hope this is true for you. I hope it's made a difference. I hope the fact that we're talking about prayer has made a little bit of a difference. It has for me. I've been thinking about prayer more lately and watching my own prayer life a little more closely. And even when we were just on vacation suffering for Jesus in Florida um, this last week, um, we we went to church and it was a kind of a cool service because it was outside on a it was on a beach right and there was about a hundred people gathered around and the it wasn't a remarkable service it was very much like us and um, like I said about a hundred people and this 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 church does it they do services in their building and then they do two services on Sunday one at 7:30 in the morning out on the beach and one at five was it five or five thirty five thirty at night out on the beach, right? We chose the 5.30 at night service out on the beach. And we joined them, and I just thought it was remarkable that how much energy they're putting out every week for that whole thing. And so they went through the service, and then, you know, some, some singing and worship time. And, and by the way, 50% of them were people like us from somewhere else, and the other 50% were locals. And then the, the pastor got up, and he, he spoke on the sand there. And then at the end of his speaking, he said, okay, now, now, we're almost done. But what we're going to do is we're going to... Um, we're going we're gonna to have the Lord's Supper together and you're going to get in line and come forward and we'll, we'll let you get the bread and you can dip it into the juice and, and not my favorite way to do it, but it's okay, right? I, I'm, it's their church. So I was there and, and then after we do that, we're going to make a circle. So take it, eat it, drink it, kind of thing, and then we're going to make a circle. So we all made this big circle and he said, and then, it, and then we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. He told us what's going to happen before we did it. We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer out loud together. And then after that, we're going to go down to the water and we're going to have a baptism which was awesome in the ocean. It's just kind of a, you know, I, we should all do that. Don't you think we should go do that sometime? And then, so, so we took the, and, we did, and then there came this moment where he said, okay, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer. So everybody hold hands. And I want to tell you what, what I, I, I did it, okay? But can I tell you what went through my mind as a senior pastor of Crosswinds Church? I will never do this at Crosswinds. <laughs> That's what went through my mind because some of you would absolutely love it. You'd say, finally, this feels like family. We're holding hands. What's the big deal? Come on. Germs aren't that bad. You know, and, we'd be, and we're holding hands in this, and there's a sense of unity. But I know that I would get six or seven emails saying, if you ever do that again, we're leaving the church. <laughs> right? Because it's some kind of light. And I don't know what happens when you're on vacation. You're just in a good mood. You hold anybody's hands. But, you know, <laughs> but it was just, it's, and, and I'm not, there's no point to this. There's no big revelation. It was just like, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about how we pray and when we pray and, and, and what, what we do. So tonight we're closing the series off, and, I, and I, I, I don't know why I did this. I set it up with me being very vulnerable at the end and telling you why I struggle with prayer. And, and so I'm going to say why I don't prayer. It does not say why I don't ever pray, okay? I, I pray, but, but it's not always easy for me to pray. And there's some things that get in the way of my prayer, and, and maybe we have the same one. So here's what I want you to do. Before I start giving you the, the, the challenge, specific ones of, of why I don't pray in my life, I want you to think, and maybe you can even write it down, I want you to think of at least one reason, one thing, one block for you being a person who prays. If you could, or maybe it's a time when you struggle to pray. You know, whatever it is. So you can do it mentally. You can write it down if you want to. But I want you to come up with one. And every so often, I may give you the opportunity to go, hey, was that yours? And you can raise your hand if you had the same one that I have. And please, if no one ever raises their hands for any of them, just mercy, 
right? Just raise your hand anyway. Okay, as we go through. So here's my first one. Um, why I don't pray is sometimes I tell myself I'm too busy. Okay. I was going to write, I'm too busy. But that's not the truth. The truth is I tell myself I'm too busy. And we talked about this in the very first message of the series. We said, hey, if we're going to be people who pray, it requires margin. We can't fill our life to the very borders because there's not room for anything else in our, in our lives. Now, I'll pause there for a moment. I want to just tell you your unfortunate circumstances. Your unfortunate circumstances are this. You live in the era of history where it is absolutely the norm to live without margins. And there is stuff to fill any room, any vacuum you have in your life can be filled in a heartbeat with a phone call. It used to be for someone to have to ask you to do something or help them, they would, they would have to come to your house and knock on your door years and years ago or before you even had doors, they'd find you and, hey, can you help? You used to have time in the farming field thinking about as agriculture. I'm talking about humanity here. Now, now, now from we have noise and we have stuff and we have schedules and we have things to do all the way through. And every day can be filled seam to seam. But if we, don't, if we don't get margin in our life, we can never fit in prayer and self-care and gain perspective. of. of we, that's why we lose perspective. We don't have any time to think, let alone pray, right? And even breathe regularly, normally. And play golf, I told you. You know, fill it in with what you want. But for me, that would be it, right? I want room for that in my life. And, and, I, and I don't want to be so busy that, that I can't pray and breathe and care for myself and for, for, for some others, regain perspective of, of my life, and yeah, have some fun and, and, and golf. So one of the reasons I don't pray is I just think I'm too busy. Okay, let's, let's do it. Anybody have that one? You go, I, the truth is, okay, that's all right. Good, here's another one. I overthink it. Right? I overthink prayer. I can talk myself out of prayer. Someone just got nudged or something. Is there, are you guys still friends? I thought I saw one of these going on. <laughs> All right. I just overthink it, right? Um, so I think stuff like this sometimes. Let's see if this relates to you. If God already knows what I'm going to pray, dot, dot, dot. What? This is silly then. Why am I? God, you already know. You know or if God already has his plan, I don't want to wreck it, right? I don't want to tell God what to do. Or if God already knows what is going to happen, right? We can debate that sometime too. But if God already knows in his sovereignty everything that's going to happen, and then the person who says that will say, yeah, but he also knew in his sovereignty that you would pray, so you better pray. Or else you're getting, you know, okay, we can kind of feel circular at a certain point. But it's just, it's overthinking, Right, because here's here's what Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says. says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Ask. Don't think it so much, Doug. Just let it go and just come to God as like a little kid and ask. And if you do that, then you're going to experience the peace of God which transcends all understanding and will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It does not say, and... God will answer affirmatively all the things you want. It doesn't say that I get whatever I want, right? But sometimes I just, I just overthink it. Okay, anybody else guilty of that one? Just put your hand. Okay, good. Okay, mercy. Thank you. All right, so here's another one. <clears throat> I run out of things to say, which sounds kind of 
kind of silly in a way. I mean, I run, but but I do, and especially when I start overthinking and praying, I run out of things to say like, like, really, God, you need me to tell you that you you know everything. You are God. You are awesome. You are wonderful. He, he doesn't need that. I know he doesn't need it. And then I start thinking too hard again, and 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 then I start running out of things even intelligent to pray. Like anything I pray is intelligent to God anyway, right? I'm in the low end in the God pool of intelligence. Right? It's, just the, it's just the way it is. So I was thinking about this a little bit, and I thought, you know, it's kind of like where I am and where I want to be. And I've come a long ways in this, by the way, the things to say. But, but early dating versus 35 years of marriage. And that's where Lori and I are at coming up real soon. 35 years, right? Early dating. Blah, 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 blah. Not just her, me too. Blah, 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 blah. Probably me more. Blah, 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 blah. Talking. Our first date went on forever. It was wonderful. We went to, and we're still talking. And we talked. And we, it's like, you know, you meet each other and we talked until 3 a.m. and it seemed like three minutes. And many of you have had that experience. It's, it's an awesome thing. 35 years of marriage, we drive to Florida. <laughs> 20 hours in the car. 10 hours on the way down each day, right? And then we do it again on the way home, just for good measure. And before we leave, Lori goes to the library and she gets CDs and CDs and CDs of books. (laughs) What's all that for? Oh, we're going to need it. (laughs) But here's the thing. Even when we weren't listening to books on CD, right, she... We talked, or we'd pause it and talk. But then we didn't talk. And it was comfortable. And we were together, but we didn't have to have words all the time. And so just just so you know, where my relationship with God, and I'm getting ahead here a little bit, there's a little bit of that to my prayer life. My prayer life is not blah, 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 God, and you are, and you are, and you are. Yes, I praise him. Yes, I worship him. Yes, I, I live in who he is. But I'm comfortable being quiet with God. I'm not afraid of, of talking to God or praying to God, but, but I'm also comfortable after, after almost 50 years of following him, you know, at least 40 years. That's kind of where you get to. So, but candidly, why don't pray? Sometimes I don't have much to say. It's just, I'm with you. I trust you. Kind of, how many, you get that one, sometimes you just run out of things to say. Okay, a couple, yeah, good. All right, um, number four, God doesn't hold up his end. Right, have you ever heard people say, now prayer is a conversation. <laughs> Between you and me, it's the worst conversation I've ever had. <laughs> He's very, very, now I've heard God speak to me, not audible voice, but I've, I've got impressions. I get his word from scripture. I learn God's will. But he, Hey, God, how you doing? He, well, I'm fine today. He's fine every day. You know, I mean, it's, there's not, it, he doesn't hold up his end. He, he's, I don't think he's introverted, but he doesn't hold up his end of the conversation. And, and he doesn't hold up his end for sometimes the way we want him to in our, in our prayers. So that's the God doesn't hold up his end, right? Whether it's conversation or the answers that we want. And I promise you, if you start to take prayer seriously, if you pray for something that you really, really want, sometimes it's not going to happen. God's not a vending machine. And, and here's the real thing that we talk about, and we can't dig out tonight, but his number one concern is not our temporary happiness here on earth. 
which is what the premise was of all their prayers. But when we treat God like a vending machine, we're sorely going to be disappointed with that. How many of you, by the way, let me go first. I've had, I can think of two really major prayers that I prayed with all want, all sincerity, and they weren't for new cars or pools or fame and fortune or any of that kind of garbage. It was stuff that, come on, God, isn't this consistent with who you are? And the answer was, sorry. Silence. Start pounding the machine. Some of us walk away from God. I tried him. It didn't work because of, because of family and prayer. So how many of you have gone, you know what? He didn't hold up the end, his end, and that's affected my prayer life sometimes. Okay? A few of us. All right. Last one is this. I don't want to talk to God. Right? I mean, that sounds really strange maybe. I just don't. Come on, Doug, pray. I don't want to. Right now, I do not want to talk to God. God and I are not on speaking terms. I still love him. I'm still following him. But today, I'm not talking to him. And, and often at, the, at that is maybe me being in a grumpy mood because that happens, right? But the other part that happens is sometimes I'm just not in a place where I want to have that interaction with God. And, and, and this has been true for the human race from the very beginning. You remember the story of Genesis? When Adam and Eve were created and they were put in the garden, don't eat that fruit, and you know what happened. Eve ate the fruit, Adam ate the fruit, and what happened next was they made clothing because they felt naked and, sh- and shame kicked in because they disobeyed God. And then what happens next, it says in verse 8, then the man and his wife, Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So they hear God walking in the garden. By the way, I have no idea what God walking in the garden sounds like. I was thinking about that. What does God sound like in walking in the garden? But, but they, he personified himself in some way that they could relate to him, and he was walking in the, in the garden. And you know what they did? They hid. They hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. The most silly, futile concept. I'm going to hide from God. But the point is that they didn't want to talk to him. They didn't want to be seen with him. Well, why? It's because they felt, it's where they felt guilty. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? And God was just playing with him, right? He knew where he was. He knew exactly, where are you, boy? What you been eating? (laughs) That's a little drool down your face there I'm seeing, you know, kind of thing. And when you've got something in your mouth that you're not supposed to have in your mouth, whatever it is, or in your heart that you're not supposed to have in your heart, when I have that stuff going on, it's not that I'm grumpy, I'm just embarrassed and ashamed. And so it, I have to overcome that to start to pray again. And that's usually the first thing God wants to talk about. Hey, Doug, where are you and why are you hiding? And why are you staying so far from me? All right, so, so sometimes I don't want to talk to God. Anybody else have a time when they go, ah, sometimes I don't want to talk to God? Not a single hand, a couple. Okay, okay, I got it. All right. So as a follower of Jesus, these five things, and there's probably more. Probably you'll tell me afterwards, hey, Doug, you forgot one. Um, those five things as a follower of Jesus are, are a real problem for me. And it's because of the verses that, that Karen brought up. It's because of the verses that were in the end of the video. It's because of what Paul wrote. Shoot, Paul, why'd you write this? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Here's what he says. I love these short verses. Always be joyful. I can memorize that one. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. 
For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So if you belong to Christ Jesus, if you're a follower of Christ, right? By the way, if you're, if you're not and you're here, then this is this is good information to have about prayer. And some, you know, put it away because you can practice it later, kind of thing, maybe in your life. But but if you're a follower of Jesus, we're we're commanded to hold on to our joy, to never stop praying, to be thankful in all circumstances. This is God's will for us. And of course, we're focusing on never stop praying. This is God's will for us. So according to Paul, God's will for my life is to continually pray. And yet I've got all these reasons why I'm, why I'm not praying. And there's even a larger theme in my life that I think is bigger than these five things. And it's basically this, that I have this barrier to prayer that is because I have a poor understanding of prayer. And it started from the time I was very young, uh, just a really poor understanding of prayer. So I'm going to walk you through three models of prayer that I've had or three ways of thinking about prayer. The first one is best, that's kind of picture sums it up. Right, you know what that is, right? It's the red phone. So it's a hot emergency hotline. If you're the president, it goes to Russia. Come on, what are you, too young for this? Right? <laughs> Right to Russia. There's a direct line across the ocean kind of thing. And, and it, so this is the way prayer was when, it, when I was a kid. We had these phones. By the way, some of you don't even know that was a phone. That's a phone. And um, <laughs> we didn't carry them everywhere, you know. That would have been bulky. They used to go into the wall with a line. You had to strategically place them, if you owned more than one, right, in your house where you would, where you would use them. So my parents had one next to their bed. They had one in, in the kitchen, and I think they had one somewhere else in the house kind of thing. And then finally we got a kid's line, and that was between all of our bedrooms and to be wars over that phone. Right? So that was, that's what a phone is, but this is a hotline. It only make, calls one place. You pick it up, and it starts dialing. You don't have to, you don't have to, there's no numbers on there. You don't have to, to dial it. So prayer was kind of like that for me. You'd pick it up, and you'd be, God? Right? It'd be like, it'd be like that moment. And it was strategically placed. We had two places where this prayer phone was. One was by the bed, and the other one was at the dinner table. Right? So, so when you have phones, you, geography matters. The cords aren't that long. So, so each night, when, and I won't say every day, but my parents used it was a habit, at supper especially, to pray before we ate. It wasn't a big prayer. It was just, sometimes it was a familiar poem. Sometimes they would sing. I, ouch. And... Um, <laughs> No, it's cringeworthy. And, but it was just basically, God, you're here. We thank you for the food kind of thing. And then we were taught to pray before we went to bed. From the time I was a little kid, you know, Doug, you have to kneel by the bed, and you need to say, you need to say your prayers. Right? Well, what, are, what are my prayers? Right? So they taught me how to pray. And here's one of them. Now I lay me down to sleep. That's good. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. That's a scary thought. If I should die, <laughs> I have to pray this every night. <laughs> That's a possibility. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take, or what else could happen? You know, I mean, now my parents, I don't think they taught me this, but, but this is, I knew it. It's what we, some of us learned. As it rhymed, so it worked, I guess. And, and we prayed, but it was really a, kind of a frightening prayer. But we would pray, and we'd pray for all my relatives, and we'd pray for, you know, my friends, and we'd pray for to sleep well, and that I could do well in school. It was, you know, very childish prayers. But 
But it had those two places. So the implications come out this way. One, prayer was really restricted to margins. I mean, boxes. Bedtime, mealtime. Right? Those were kind of the two places. Prayer was more for trouble. Like when it's a hotline. You got a problem, you pick up the God phone and you go, God, I got big problems. That's why I'm talking to you. It's the only reason I'm talking to you. Frankly, I don't pick up the hotline unless somebody's in trouble. Right? And so, so there's that kind of thing to it. And then, you know how we say amen at the end of the prayer? Love, right? Amen meant goodbye. Right? It was like, okay, I'm done, ta- I'm done with this conversation. Sorry, God, I got to go. Right? I, until next time. And then click, hang up, and I'm done praying. It had a beginning and an end. And then, and then you went on to it. And, and I was thinking about this. How can I possibly continually pray if I'm always hanging up on God? <laughs> right? And it's always me who hangs up. He never says, hey, I'm too busy for you, Doug, I just so you know. You know, really, is you again? What do you got? You always call me with something. You know, it's not that. It's me saying, oh, I'm kind of busy, God. You know, I got a lot to do. <laughs> Click, right? So that's, that's my initial view of prayer. It's kind of this hotline. Now, as technology increased, so did my understanding of prayer, right? So instead of that old clunky phone, I got myself a cell phone prayer, right? I mean, it, I've upgraded my model, and this is so much better, right? Because that old phone couldn't go anywhere because that old phone was heavy and clunky and all those kinds of things. So here's some of the advantages I thought of. Uh, there's no cord, and it's lightweight. Where I go it goes. And that's how I started. That was a big thing for me to start to learn. I can go and I can pray anytime, anywhere, all the time. I know it's childish. I know it's, I know it's not sophisticated, but it's just real. It's, 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 it's what I learned. The disadvantage to the cell phone model for prayer is you still have to hang, hang up. Okay, you got to go. Why don't you text me next time, God? You know, click kind of a moment. Um, and you've got to be afraid of butt dialing. Okay, that's just for fun. Um, Better one is this. I can forget my phone. Because when I leave in the morning, bye, Lori. She goes, you got everything? Yep, got everything. You got your cell phone? Not yet. Got got everything. And I'm, because I forget my phone sometimes, right? And here's the other downside to it. I still have to make a call. I still have to pick it up and it starts and it ends and there's an amen to it. So those were the, and I thought it was a big graduation, to go from the emergency call, God, phone, in two places in my life, to going, I need to learn to pray anytime I want, all day long, God is with me, all I need to do is pick up the prayer and call him. It travels with me, it's light, there's no cords anymore, it's really flexible. And now, let me tell you the the third model that I'm into over the last few years is this, that it's a road trip prayer. Right? It's 20 hours on the road with Lori kind of a model. Right? And, and there's huge improvements with this. It's, basically, it says, by the way, the road trip is that my life is a road trip that I'm taking with God. And, and in the vehicle that I'm going in my life, God is always with me. There's, there's no need for a phone. He's right. Can you imagine Lori and me driving to Florida? She takes out her phone, and I go, who are you calling? She goes, wait for it. My phone rings. I was like, hello? She goes, hi, you just wanted to talk. You're right there. 
And you're laughing, but some of you text each other in your own home because you're too lazy to get up and walk down and find the person. <laughs> Let's tell the truth. How many of you have actually called your spouse in your house or sent a text in the house? Yeah, okay. And you wonder why we have an obesity problem. All right. But there's no need for a phone. She's right there. God is right there all the time. Right? And communication becomes natural. Right? The longer I live and travel with God, and the more I become aware of him being, we talked about this a few weeks ago in in the rooted thing, He's with me all the time. The more natural it is to to talk. Lori and I in the car are not usually awkward about conversations. You know, hey, Lori, do you mind if I talk to you right now? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little short on time, Doug. We only got 10 more hours in the car. It's fine. It becomes more natural. And silence becomes natural and comfortable. And we don't have to talk all the time because the main thing God wants is for me to be with him and learn gratitude and learn to talk in natural ways. And I'm not talking about prayer where it's structured with other people out loud. Remember Jesus, when he, when he called Lazarus forth, he said, he said, thank you, God, for hearing my prayers. But you always hear my prayers. I just say that for the benefit of those people around me so they can engage in the miracle here, right? He, so thoughts were his prayers. And it's the same for us is that our th- thinking in God's presence is prayerful. Now, when we're together in small groups, of course, we have to pray out loud for each other, for, for the benefit of the group. For the, that's why we pray in church, out loud. For the, it wouldn't do you much good for me to go, hold on a minute, I just want to pray for Gene Follis. And, and then that wouldn't, you couldn't engage in that. So, so, but in my personal prayer life, my relationship with God, and then the last one is this, hanging up or saying goodbye becomes ridiculous. At the end of a conversation with Lori in the car, I don't say, okay, Lori, that's it, goodbye. <laughs> you know, you're going somewhere, Florida. I'm in the car. You know? so, so amen, I just told you, this is for free, this part, right? It doesn't mean goodbye. It doesn't mean until next time. It doesn't mean I'm hanging up now, God. It means I agree or let it be so or yes, Lord. Right? So in some churches, they have people calling out, and every so often, one of you gets very bold and crazy. Amen! You know, you kind of yell that out. And it means, yeah, I agree. I had, a, I had a friend who said it means, heck yeah! Right? Only he didn't say heck. And he said it means, it, it means darn right! You know, and he didn't say darn. And <laughs> he actually wrote a worship song. Uh, damn right, damn right, damn right, damn right. Anyways, I thought he wrote a beautiful song, but anyway... It's this version of amen, all right? So, but that's what amen means. So when we say that at the end of a prayer, we're just saying, God, let it be so. Usually when we pray, that means let, let our prayers be honored. We, this is what we really want. So, so when Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer, go read it in Matthew 6 for yourself. He never tells us to say amen at the end. It almost ends awkwardly hanging, like there's more that could be said because there's more that should be said. There's more that should be prayed. It shouldn't end. Don't make your amen the ends of your prayers. Just, it just means, yes, God, I'm, I'm, I, this is what I really hope, really I want. Let it be so. And the other thing I'll tell you is God never hangs up. He'll never end a call. He'll never say, now we're done here. I'm too busy. 
the conversation can just continue. Silence, talk, silence, talk throughout the day. This is where I want to get to. It's, what I've, it's been the theme of my prayer life for, for a long time. I almost feel guilty about it because it's easier. And I'm not saying there's not a time to be more intense about your prayer, to write down your prayers, or to get on your knees. That's fine. Figure that out for yourself. I'm, I'm sharing you how I'm learning to pray because I want to do this road trip with God through my life. I want to, and I don't want to make it awkward and silly. I want to be normal in how I pray because that's what I want. I want, I want prayer just to be a normal part of who I am. I want it to be a normal part of who you are. We wouldn't be talking about it. I want it to be a normal part of Crosswinds. I want when we share each other's burdens for someone to go, can I pray for you? I want it to be normal around here. And I don't want it to be pastor stuff. I want it to be church, being the church for each other stuff. And if all you can say is, you know what, I'll pray for you, my, my private talk with God, fine. But, if you, but feel free to say, can I pray for you right now? Would you mind that? Because I guarantee you almost every time they're going to say, no, that'd be awesome. And then you've got to find some words and, and pray. But this is what, what Scripture says. Always be joyful. We're not really talking about that tonight. Never stop praying. Never hang up. Never lose the presence of God. Stay with Him all the time. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It still requires intentionality. It still requires margin. It still requires thoughtfulness and intentionality on our our part. I'm going to become that person who lives with God. So let me close by taking you back to kind of what we've been building this whole time. I'm not adding anything to it really, but we've said, hey, let's, let's, let's kind of build a prayer life. We said that here's the prayer challenge. Number one, let's intentionally create at least two times a day when we stop and we say, God, I, I'm going to recognize you're in, the, you're in the car. You're right beside me right now. And I'm going to be with you. Maybe you don't say much at all. But I'm going to be with you and only you right now. And I, don't, I said, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes, an hour. I mean, well, you figure it out for you. Maybe it'll grow. But you're going to focus for that time period. And then we said, let's tell God how we feel. Let's just be honest with ourselves and with God about emotions. You know what, God? I don't want to talk to you right now. Yep, I'm hiding something. Yep, it's stupid. How ridiculous for me to hide in the trees. You're God. You already know. So I might as well come. But I'm going to tell you how I feel. I'm angry. I'm happy. I'm thrilled. I'm envious of my neighbor. Whatever it is, to put, it's how you're feeling. And then, and Doug brought this up last week, notice, notice God. And this is probably something we'd like to do all day long. Notice God in our lives. Notice the awareness of God. Notice God moments, even the simplest things. That's part of the gratitude track, which came next, and track gratitude. Let's learn to live our days like, like we saw in the video all day long, just finding how to be grateful and saying thank you, God, as we go through our days. But then at the end of our days, when we come to those times where we step aside, to just remember all the things we were grateful for. And then Doug also brought up there are times when we just have to own up to our sin. He called it our stuff, and I said, let's, let's not use the word stuff here. Let's call it what it is. It's sin. It's sin. And, and I've got some I'm learning to work my way through and out of and live in forgiveness for, but become the person I'm meant to be. And part of that is owning up to it. And the last one is surrendering my plans. Right? Like the guy praying for fame and singing the worship song at the vending machine because I'm not getting enough hits. And God, I know you want me to be famous. Right? But 
not my plans, but your plans, God. And the goal that we said all the way through is, wouldn't it be great that we were men and women of prayer? Not because we pray, but because it just flows out of our lives. Because we live in the presence of God. Because, because we're on a road trip with him. He's right there. It doesn't have to be awkward. He's right beside us all the way through our lives. So let's pray. I'm going to give you just a moment to, I'm going to be quiet. God hears every thought. So you say whatever you want and then I'll close us. Let's pray. God, the truth is we're all coming from different places with this prayer stuff. Some of us are coming out very religious backgrounds and the phone is red and it's a hotline and it's, there's one at church we can pray there. There's one next to our beds we can pray there. There's one at the dinner table. And we really haven't discovered that we can talk to you anytime, anywhere. And God, there, some of us are at a point where we, we talk to you intermittently, but we forget that you're with us all the time. We have the cell phone prayers and we keep on saying goodbye. We keep on saying, I'll talk to you later. And what we're missing out on is we, we don't have to ever break company with you. We don't have to ever break the conversation with you. So God, take us on a road trip. Help us to learn to live in your presence. To be comfortable talking and thinking and processing and feeling. Enjoying you. And help us to embrace everything on the trip with complete confidence that you are, that you're God. That you're with us. That this life is not all there is. And let us be open to your coaching and the changes you want to bring to our hearts and our minds and how we interact with people and love people. God, we want to become the people that you made us to be. We want to be the church you made us to be. We want to be comfortable with words and we want to be comfortable with silence. Teach us to pray. Amen.